Hi, guys. It's Rachel Silver Cohen from Unpolished Therapy. And today we have special guest and a new friend of mine, Annette Mellon. She is going to share her story of love and loss, but now her grace under fire is one that has truly instilled hope and positivity to me and all those around her. It's one of great inspiration. We hope you enjoy today's episode. What do you get when the audacious and the therapist collide? A crash course in unpolished therapy. Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca aren't afraid to spin out of control, tackling all the tough talk. Their weekly sesh meets at the corner of Audacity and Advice, where their wheels and yours get turned upside down. Hey everyone, it's Rachel Silver Cohen and Dr. Boca, and this is another episode of Unpolished Therapy. Good morning, Dr. Boca. How are you? Good morning, Rach. I'm doing great. I'm so excited for today. How are you doing? I am doing well. I'm excited to meet here on the corner of Audacity and Advice. We do have a special guest today, and I don't want to waste any time. Annette Mellon is a dear friend of mine, so let's get started. Annette, are you here? I'm here, Rachel. I'm so happy you're here. It really means so much that you're joining us today. And I've been wanting to sit down with you for some time. And I've definitely let Dr. Boke in a little bit on your story. And I certainly do feel humbled and privileged that you're spending your morning with us today and sharing some of your vulnerability and what's been happening over the last year and change in your life. Thank you, Rachel. I'm, I'm happy to be here. So Annette, obviously we're a little unpolished and sometimes we jump around a little bit, but for the purposes of the listeners and whatnot, let's just do a little bit of a broad stroke. You're not a true Floridian, right? You didn't grow up here in South Florida, yes? No, I actually moved here about 13 years ago from Los Angeles. So you're a a California native, born and bred? I'm a native Californian. Wow. What brought you to Florida? I have to blame that on my husband at the time. (laughs) Okay. Oh, so you Uh, met him in California? I met him in California and he had an opportunity to work remotely. He was a radiologist and he wanted to move to Florida. And I just remember coming here kicking and screaming. I did not want to move here. Wow. I mean, this is now my home and my happy place and so happy that he made me move here. Wow. That's great that it turned out to be at least at this point, a a big win for you being here and that it's your happy place. And to hear that brings joy to me. So we're glad you stayed. I'm glad you that he brought you, whether it was kicking and screaming or voluntarily. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Thank so you. You talk about your husband and you talk about your happy place and the relationship that you and I have now, when we first met, when I would see you and your smile and your happiness. It was always part and parcel about your husband and your family and whatnot. So can you share a little bit about what's been happening over the last 18 months or so and how we've gotten to the point that we're at now with the audience and Dr. Boca, of course? Yes. So about eight months ago, I lost my husband to pancreatic cancer. We were married about 23 years, the love of my life. And I went through a year and a half of taking care of him, going through chemo and doing trials and whatever we could do to try to save him. Unfortunately, no treatment worked and we lost him eight months ago. So it's still very, very new for you. 
And so to hear Rachel say that she sees the joy in you when someone's going through such a loss, how is it that you know, you've been able to maintain and or find that joy after losing him. You know, I have this belief and maybe it's my Jewish spiritual belief that everything in life happens for reasons. And sometimes when bad is happening to you, it's really hard to make sense of that. But I have such belief in God that things do happen for reasons. I have this analogy that I use. I I compare it to putting together a puzzle. I think every day we're putting pieces together and often we don't see the picture. We just have faith that this piece goes here to that color and this piece goes to that border and we just keep working on it every day and until it forms a picture. And then we can kind of look back and go, oh, now I understand how that puzzle came together. And I think everything that's brought me to Florida and my life here I didn't really understand at the time. And now I can look back and go, I think this was what God was meant for me. And, you know, I'm trying to start this new chapter in my life with the blessing that I had of my husband. So that's why I am, you know, moving forward and trying to stay strong because that belief that I have with God and, and with my Jewish faith. You know what I find so interesting? Annette, I don't know if you had heard the episode that Dr. Boca and I had done on grief, and we had a grief specialist on. And over the course of Unpolished Therapy, Dr. Boca and I had talked a lot and still do talk about death and how we process um, and that everyone handles it differently. But what we've never done is kind of seen it full circle or brought it full circle with someone who is in the process of moving forward, right? You know, we can look at case studies or we can think we know from a friend of a friend of a friend, but I will tell you on a personal note, I've watched you and really from a, a few steps back because we haven't been in each other's lives for all that long, but we met through Torah study of all places. And when I first met you, you were just another student, for a lack of a better word, in our weekly class. And we were acquaintances at best. And I met you prior to your husband's illness. So I saw the height of your glow and your happiness and, and what a beautiful life you were sharing and the tidbits you would share about your life in our class were seemingly beautiful. And then when your husband was diagnosed, I watched again from afar, certainly more than an arm stretch away, the process of how you were going through that and being a caretaker and watching the emotional struggle and your physical struggle too through the months. And now here we are. And I don't want to say the other side because I know with grief, it'll always be a part of you. But I cannot tell you how inspiring it has been for me to see your spark come back and your smile come back and your energy. And it's not to say that you're not grieving in, in however you're grieving. But what I am admiring is that they can be, as Dr. Boga, you and I have said in a lot of times, it doesn't have to be either or. It can be and both. That you've chosen to grieve while also moving on. Mm -hmm. And that is what I want to highlight. And that is what I want to compliment you on. Because 
when you're going through it, maybe you don't even know the way that you're projecting to others and what you've done for all of us kind of watching from the outside in. Of course. Soon after I lost my husband, I thought to myself, okay, now I I need to stay busy. And and what am I going to do? I need to find me. I need to find that passion again. And for so long, I've been passionate about playing tennis every day. And But I went from beginner to a high level of tennis and said, all right, I did that. Now I need to find something else that makes me excited. And I started thinking that in all my years of being married, I love to dance. And my husband, never a dancer. He would dance only if he had to, but he didn't (laughs) like to dance. So I started thinking about, gosh, I would really love to dance, but not just dance, like to do ballroom dancing and do it more professionally. So I found a studio locally and I was just pulled in from the minute I got there. They just, they saw a talent with me and they said, we want you, you know, to learn and to do performances. And so here I am like five months later, I go three days a week and I'm learning these dances and it just puts the biggest smile on my face to be able to do something that makes me happy again. I think that is so, so important and such a beautiful thing is that so many people get lost in the grief and lose themselves through the process of caretaking and then already start depleted in the process of mourning. And then the mourning comes and they cycle into this spiral that goes downward rather than uplifting themselves, trying to find joy and passion again. So the fact that you were able to look inside yourself and find what brings you joy is so important because That's what we have to do when we go through it. It is this process. And every day, as Karen has mentioned, and we've spoken about, you know, two steps forward, one step back. It's not that we forget the person, but we have to create a space in our life where we kind of build around that loss and kind of move forward. So the fact that you are able to do that and reconnect with self, as Rachel said before, it is so empowering. I didn't know the whole story here and I didn't know how recent it was. I didn't know all the ways that you've kind of reconnected. It's a beautiful thing. And I must tell you that your analogy, if with permission, I'm going to steal to use with my patients because the puzzle really does speak to that process of life, being able to put those pieces together and not necessarily understanding where it all fits in at the time because we're looking at one small portion of it. But then when we see that whole completed picture, it really does bring us back to, oh, now I understand. So thank you. Thank you very much for that analogy. So besides dancing, what else are we doing to kind of re-find that joy and reignite that passion in yourself? Well, I was just going to say that along those lines that, you know, my husband's passing has changed me and maybe changed me for the better because I've realized that our time is short on this earth and no day is promised to us. And we really have to live every day with such passion and enjoyment and not to put it off for, oh, I'll do that later. Or, you know, I'm working and I don't have time. I mean, we have to make those things a priority in our life. I know my husband, you know, he was a physician and he worked full time and and it was hard for him to make that time. He'd always say, well, I'll do it when I retire. I'll do it when mm-hmm. I retire. 
retirement never came. So I'm trying to lead a new mantra that I'm going to live life now. So dance has become my passion. I've definitely become more involved with Judaism and learning Torah because I feel that that has brought me a little more closure. I don't feel that God does things to punish people. I know a lot of people feel that when bad things happen to people that, you know, God, what did I do? What did I do to deserve this? Mm -hmm. And I come from that place. And I think just learning is helping me, you know, make peace and understand that maybe I it's for me to learn a new purpose and to grow and to be a better person. Annette, you say that so eloquently and beautifully. And because I know you, I know that every word out of your mouth is so authentic. And I know that you are living that purpose now. But in the spirit of being unpolished, I have to ask, that what Dr. Boca said, a lot of times, you know, we take one step forward and then we take two steps back and not every day is a home run, right? Especially under the guise of grief. What would you say to the listeners if they are going through grief and loss that even someone like yourself who is so positive and optimistic and is putting these pieces of the puzzle together, what do you do on a day where maybe you wake up and it's just you're heavier than normal or it's weighing on you or it's you're just having a bad day and and the grief kind of creeps up? Well, I won't lie to anybody. I mean, I definitely have my days. My analogy for those days is this. It's like big tidal waves come Mm. crashing in. When they come, they just kind of come and things can trigger them. But what I've learned to do when those tidal waves come is I'm learning to swim. I'm learning to swim when those tides come. And sometimes they engulf me and sometimes they drown me and I just keep swimming Mm. and keep my head up. And, you know, I try to really one day at a time. And that's what's getting me through. It's so beautiful to hear because so much of the work that I do with patients is to get them even to have just a little bit of these awarenesses and moments where they feel as though they're not kicking against the current all the time and exhausting themselves or not, like you said, engulfed by the tidal wave. And to hear you say all of this, and I'm glad Rachel did ask the question of like, when the waves come and, you know, how do you, you have bad days? Like we all have bad days and we have bad days even at the best of moments, right? But the fact that you have really embraced all of this, I want to ask the question because like Rachel always says, if she's thinking it or I'm thinking it, our listeners must be thinking it. You're bringing in Judaism, and you, it sounds like that's been a an anchor to begin with, and now it's really been your North Pole as you or North Star or something north of you. Did you ever imagine that that would be the thing that was going to ground you? Has it always been that? Did you grow up in a spiritual slash religious slash both way with your family or with your husband? Right. Now, that's a great question. I grew up in a very conservative family growing up. So Judaism was always there, you know, celebrating holidays and having a strong upbringing with my Jewish identity. But when I met my husband, he started to grow more as well. And I think he grew at a faster speed than me. I wasn't really ready yet to be at his speed. But all along the way, I've been learning and growing. And now I feel like he's not here. And he's taught me so much that 
I feel this like strong desire to like grow more, to learn more. It's, as you said, a North Pole to me, it's like my foundation, you know, Mm. it's grounding me. It's what's your roots. It's it's what's rooting you. It's what's Mm -hmm. rooting me. And it's a faith. I mean, you know, I think when people lose hope, it's because they don't have faith in something. And I do believe that God has a good intention for me. I don't know what it's going to be yet. I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through. I hope that one day it'll make sense to me, but I have faith that it will. I love that. And as a fellow student in your Torah study class, I am smiling because (laughs) you're understanding the assignment. These are the things that we're learning in class almost verbatim, that there are some of us who they, unless they know what the reason is right then and there, they don't believe. But there is this really strong belief system that if we have that, that faith, and again, this isn't just, you know, we're, this isn't just like a, we're turning this into, you know, a Torah study episode mm-hmm. here. This is, you know, whatever faith you believe in, it really mm-hmm. is across the board that sometimes we don't know in the here and now, but we just have to have this innate, innate belief system that it will play out the way it's supposed to. And we'll one day say, oh, now I get it. And, and I love that. Uh, one of the things that I kind of want to shift the touch, because this is the other thing I'm so impressed with, as you yourself, Annette, are relearning who you are, okay? I think it's interesting. And again, we also learned there are no coincidences. The other piece of your puzzle from a career standpoint is that you had put your career on hold in all the years that you were a wife and mom. And now you are bringing your expertise and passion of design back into the mix. And I want you to talk about that. But the thing that struck me more than anything when I was reading a little bit of your bio is the one sentence that you said, as a designer, it's all about making deliberate choices and taking bold risks. Mm -hmm. And I just want to point out that the correlation between the career path and where you are personally in your life, that's not lost on me because you're making deliberate choices and you're taking bold risks to choose every day to wake up and take the world on as opposed to letting the world swallow you up with grief and sadness. So I commend you for that. Thank you. No, that was another area. Not only did I start my dancing up again, but I decided to start back my business, um, something that I kind of went away from for a while while raising my kids. And it was always a passion of me decorating. And so I realized what better time to start again and to find myself after my husband passed. And so I made a website and been advertising and social media and, you know, putting the word out there again, um, because it's something I just so enjoy to do helping people make their house a home. And it's not only keeping me busy, but it's giving me purpose again. And I'm very happy with that. And that's so amazing, because as I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, it's it's generating that creativity. Right. Mm-hmm. And when, and in creativity is so much emotion. We use art 
or writing or speaking or whatever it is, we always encourage people when they're going through emotional processes to use those as ways to express the feelings that they're experiencing. And so what a great outlet for you to be able to go not only empower yourself to go back into work and do something that you love, but also in that process of being creative, you're able to work through some of all of this in in such a meaningful way. And I want to take just a a little step backwards because our listeners don't really know other than a little drop here that you're a mom or that you... (laughs) you know, that you gave up your career. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself prior to meeting your husband and then while you were married, what your identity was at that point? Right. Well, when I met my husband, um, he had two boys already. So I gained two wonderful stepsons. And then we had two children together, a boy and a girl. And so we have four kids together and I have four grandchildren, actually. So I feel like he left me a really beautiful gift. Um, such wonderful kids. Yeah. Absolutely. And how old are your children that you had with your husband? My son is 21 and my daughter just turned 18. Okay. So yeah, I mean, you have one kid away in college and the other one who's still home, but for all intensive purposes, I certainly know what an almost 18 year old is like. And, you know, timing again, while you're always going to be a mother, these kids, they grow up faster than we think. And the time for you to do you, I suspect, and I don't want to speak out of turn, but my guess is even if your husband hadn't taken ill, you probably would have been faced with a change in life as you knew it from that full-time mother role. So it kind of makes sense of jumping back into the career. And I wonder what would you say to our listeners out there who, you know, to your point earlier, life is so short. Tomorrow is not promised. Let's not wait for the other shoe to drop to remember who you are and what your identity is other than just someone's spouse or parent. What would you say to that? Well, I I first want to say that, you know, my whole life has changed, obviously, and I'm trying to adapt to this new normal, this normal of taking care of my house finances, my children, and most importantly, taking care of me. If I'm not healthy, I can't take care of anybody. And sometimes, you know, I say to myself, or I I remove myself from my body and I look at myself Mm -hmm. from across the table and I go, wow, I can't believe this person is doing this. Like, do I know this person? And I have to say, like, I'm proud of myself that I'm doing it. I didn't think I could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess like when you're not given a choice, you say, okay, well, what's my alternative? And I'm doing it. And you are. And I, as we were talking, I was thinking the same thing. So many people, as Rachel was alluding to, you know, your kids are leaving the home and, you know, you would probably try to figure this all out because you're no longer a full-time mom. Yet what I was going to comment is some people still would sit and do nothing and continue to not make meaning in their life in any other way and just kind of go on with the, "Eh, I don't know what I want to do, or nah, that's not what I want, or eh, nah, nah. And instead, unfortunately, you were put into that situation that maybe that too is the gift that also comes through in this, that you 
didn't really have that choice. And you were put in a situation where you had to recreate your life and you did and you stepped up to it. And the pat on the back and the accolades are very deserving because to make that choice and to do that, whereas a lot of people would not, even if they hadn't been in that situation, whether it's impressive to us or not impressive to us, it really doesn't matter. What it is, is it's the momentum for you to move through this and feel as though you really can get through anything when something like this happens and to see where you're at now, that didn't come from nowhere. It came from you and to recognize that. Life's a journey, not a marathon. So yep, (laughs) it's It certainly is. The other thing I want to point out, um, and for the listeners out there, I certainly want to direct you to check out Annette's design business and her social media platform. Her website is divadesignsboca.com. And I was quite impressed. And one of the other things that I loved, and, and, and I love making meaning out of the madness, and certainly in this case, I say madness as a term of endearment, if you will, right? I love the analogy of trying to tie your personal life and your journey with the design aspect of things. And I noticed on your website, you talk about interior therapy. And Dr. Boca, you'll Mm -hmm. appreciate this as our resident therapist here. But Annette, you write, your surroundings may be influencing your emotions and state of mind. Rearrange your home to boost your mood. And my takeaway from that, I started cracking up and I realized you better hightail it over here to my house. No wonder (laughs) my mood is so unpolished because I am living in a state of, I guess, organized chaos. (laughs) And I could use a little diva design makeover, if you will. But I I love that. And And I do think that there is this great correlation between mental therapy, physical therapy, emotional therapy, the space that we create, that is Mm -hmm. our safe haven. And I wonder, Annette, if in fact, whether you are conscious of it or not, having a love for design and safe spaces and a sanctuary, if you will, if that in and of itself helped you in your grieving process. Well, Rachel, you know, my house has always been so important to me for my own personal space because it's my sanctuary. It's my castle where I come and recharge. And I think it's, you know, it's very important to have a space that you feel good in, that that's your home and that brings out who you are as a person. And I think that a lot of people, you know, in making their house their home, you know, sometimes have difficulty bringing those elements together that makes them happy. And so I feel like, you know, there's times I can go into somebody's house within a couple hours and take what they have and rearrange, put together, and voila, we have a new created room. You're going to have to come to my house too. And the question that kind of went into my head is you guys are saying, and for many people, this is true, that their home is their sanctuary. And for others, I sit here and I'm like, you know, as the therapist in me, I'm like, I wonder if somebody's house and the way that it is, is really a reflection of where they are in their current moment, right? So it was like chicken or egg. Is it that the house represents 
what they're going through in the moment? Or is it that their mood is when they look at the shit that they're going through in the moment, then they feel terrible about it? Like, so I I kind of think it's like both sides of the coin. And there's probably half of the people that kind of look at their house and they're like, oh, I feel really good about it. and, and, And I'm happy. And if it's messy, I'm upset. And then there's others that are like, my house is a mess because I am upset, not it's making me upset, right? Like, I don't know if I'm explaining that to our listeners very well, but it makes sense in my crazy, unpolished head. Right. But, you know, Lori, like, just as our life is ever changing and, you know, we all enter different chapters into our life and and our house is the same, you know, that our house never be stagnant and the same. You know, we're evolving as people and our house needs to kind of flow with us. And, you know, there's times in our life that maybe we want to bring more color into our home um, because we're maybe in a low in a low mood at a time of our life. And then there's other times maybe we want a more swing shway mood, you know, so we need to change with that. And we need to just be aware of how we're changing. I love that. But I have like such a permagrant on my face right now. And it's not because I'm happy. It's because when you when I get nervous, I like like a laugh. Because I'm so self-conscious right now that like, oh my God, welcome to my humble shithole. Like my (laughs) house is in such disarray that I'm sitting here wondering, and maybe that's the piece of my puzzle that my takeaway from this is like, oh my God, the dry cleaning that's been hanging on my banister for, oh, I don't know, not six hours, but maybe what, six months? Like maybe my mind is so cluttered and it's like, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. No one's coming over anyway. I'll do it tomorrow or they're coming over. Well, too bad. This is me. I'm unpolished. Welcome to my house and my dry cleaning. And I think I have to reevaluate that. The funny thing is, is you just said there are no coincidences in life. Maybe the purpose of you bringing me onto your show is that purpose. Is to clean up the shithole that is my house. (laughs) But again, is it that Rachel's house is a reflection of where she is right now in her life? And now you're the therapy doctor, right? The diva who's going to come in and say, hey, we're going to create not only this space that is then going to change the way that you are in your life, but now it's going to be a safe place for you, Rach. And so it's kind of like you and I, Annette, need to kind of tag team here. And I deal with the symptomology of what Rachel's house looks looks like. And then we change her mood, not only through the therapy, but by making the house a safe place for her. I love that. I love that. House more calm. Our listeners too, if you know nothing about me, you know that calm and me do not go hand in hand. So maybe a little bit of your interior therapy will help. Let me ask you, Annette, how do our listeners find you? I know we said divadesignboca.com, but can you give us your social media handles and give us a little bit, maybe just a cliff note version of what your process is with a new client? You can follow me on Instagram at divadesignsboca. You can follow me on Facebook as well, Diva Designs. The way I work with new clients is, is I come in and do free consultations. And, you know, it could be anything to a one-day home makeover to a full home remodeling. I do it all. So can and I ask a question, Annette? Can you tell our listeners kind of what your aesthetic is? Do you meet them where their aesthetic is? Do you have a kind of a desired genre, I guess, that you work within? How does that all work? Well, I think I can work on any 
pretty much any style and I work on any budget. I'm not an interior designer that, you know, only works on the high end and and going to, you know, the design places where I buy wholesale. I mean, uh, today I was working with a client and she told me her budget and I went to consignment stores and to home goods and in Literally a few hours, I did up her whole living room. And she said, I can't even believe that you put my whole living room together in like two hours. Oh my God. Okay. First in line. (laughs) (laughs) It just comes really naturally to me. um, And I can do it really fast. And I think that's what's really important for our listeners to hear also is that when we love what we do, it A, it doesn't feel like work. We know that all the time, but we tend to be better at it and happier. And so the fact that you've always loved doing this, I don't know, did you go to school to do this or is this just a passion that's come out over time? No, it was something I just always had a a natural instinct. Um, Growing up, my mom did as well. And all our homes used to be in magazines. Oh, wow. used to ask me all the time, you know, you should do this for a living. And I always used to poo-poo it. And then I remember moving to Florida and we moved into a rental house and I painted and brought all my stuff in. And the painter said, wow, this is amazing what you're doing with this rental house. And before I knew it, he started referring me to people. Um, and I busy here in Florida. But I remember my husband always said to me, he's like, Annette, you need to go decorate other people's houses. Like, <laughs> He's like, we're done our house. He's like, go decorate other people's houses. Right. Like my husband always says, bring home the money. Don't go spend the money. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Well, I think it's great, Annette, that you have been able to use that passion and use that love of what you have to not only help yourself, but to help other people. And the fact that you can go in and work on any budget and take a home that just needs a little tweaking here, or you can do the entire thing. I mean, it just offers so many opportunities for our listeners listening. It could hit any one of you, but it also, Annette, probably keeps the creativity and the passion going inside of you because no two days are the same, which I would assume during grief is something that as much as we look for consistency during grief, we also like the fact that every day is a little bit of an excitement and a little bit of a change because the monotony gets us back into our head and gets us back into the grief process. So I've got to imagine it's like a win-win. Absolutely. That's what I do every day. One foot in front of the other. Yep. As they say, one step, one punch, one round. And I think you are doing it beautifully with such passion and purpose and positivity. And I think that's the key. And you've really taken a batch of really shitty lemons and you've made it into a beautiful, sweet batch of lemonade. And I I know innately and and I believe that your husband is looking down and and he's so proud of you. And I just want to say that I'm proud of you too. And I'm thrilled to have had you on the air. Dr. Boca and I always say, that a friend of the show now, you're always a friend of the show and you're welcome back anytime. And to the listeners out there, I really hope that you will take a peek at Annette's handles on Facebook and Instagram and her website, divadesignsboga.com. If for nothing else than just the pure inspiration of having to wake up every morning and be positive in whatever your passion is, whatever cross you have to bear, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. And even in the tunnel, you got to put one foot in front of the other. And Annette, you have really been an inspiration to me. I know to Dr. Boca, and I'm sure to all of our listeners too. And I thank you for your time and attention. I know you're going to do great things on a go forward because you certainly have already. Thank you guys so much. Thank you.
You're welcome. Thank you for being with us. To the listeners out there, we thank you for your time and attention also. If you have questions, comments, concerns, you know the drill. You can find Dr. Boca and myself at unpolishedtherapy at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, you could always find us on Instagram and Facebook at unpolishedtherapy. And we look forward to another week. We'll see you next week when we meet at the corner of Audacity and Advice. Our wheels and yours are bound to get spun upside down. Dr. Boca, Annette, thank you folks for being with me today on another episode of Unpolished Therapy. Great sesh, girls. Hey, everyone, like what you heard? Then don't miss out on what comes next. Subscribe now and please give the girls a five-star rating. Learn more at www.unpolishedtherapy.com. Find and like them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next week when Rachel Silvercone and Dr. Boca ditch the couch, grab the mic, and break down all the wreckage. <laughs>